Okay, so we're talking about a, a lotus birth. And when you give birth, you give birth to your child. Umbilical cord stays intact. And you pull out what they call the afterbirth, which is the placenta. So in, at the placenta is prepared with essential oils and herbs until it's fully dried up and it detaches from that, the baby, meaning that the baby gets the full nutrients and the full benefits of having absorbed whatever else it needed from the placenta. A lot of people keep it or others grab the placenta and bury it, you know, because it, it served its purpose. You know, it's just giving back to Mother Earth what Mother Earth gave you. You know, those are things that you can you can suggest or ask. I'll be like, hey, does this center support these things? If they don't, please understand that you have full agency of your body. And you make decisions with your body as you see fit. Like if there's there's individuals that are bent on not having any medications. Like that means no epidurals, nothing like that. Because they want to have it full natural. That's your choice. No one has to force you into having one. Just like a lot of young women are convinced to go in and have C sections, right? A lot of them are like, oh, a C-section, great, I go in, I go out. But they don't say, there's there's dangers in being cut open unnecessarily. Yeah, I don't want to be cut open. Like, I compared it to when they do, like, the frogs in school. <laughs> wait, wait, you said that you compared it to being <laughs> dissected like a frog? and Yeah, I don't want that. Right. That's what makes me think of. Okay. So, like, those are things that you sit down and you talk with your doula and your nurse about. Like, hey, I really don't want this. It's not... It, I can understand if there's an in, extreme emergency and this is yeah, life or death situation. Do, I would do a C-section. Got you. It's just, like, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck or something. Mm -hmm. Or, like, there wasn't any other way. Right. Extreme cases. Yeah. So those are things you, you discuss with your midwife and, and your doula or your nurse and your doctors. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. Like if you tell them like, hey, I really don't want you to do X, Y, and Z. Please don't press down on me because it gives me extreme discomfort. You have full... Rhyme and reason. And stand firm on it. And you tell them, let's say you want to exclusively breastfeed. Let's say, right? Let's say you just want to breastfeed and you tell them, I once the child is born, please bring the child to me. I want the first feeding to be from me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Totally your choice. Yeah, A lot of moms you know, feel guilt because a lot of the times, you know, they're so tired, they're you're exhausted and they give them a bottle. You know, some children latch 
to the mom's breast even after being introduced to a bottle other babies don't yeah some of them get used to it i've seen that on jim virgin you know what i mean like those are things that things to consider like exclusive breastfeeding if you want to do combination of breastfeeding and formula if you just want formula because to you it feels a little strange having a little human sucking on your boob when a lot of right a lot of individuals see breasts as a sexual thing instead of a natural thing that was designed to feed your children you know and hypersexuality takes a lot away from women and this is you right now is you taking agency over your body being you don't want a lot of individuals assume that because you're pregnant and you have a big belly that oh i have a i have the entitlement to touch you no you do not and you can sit there and be like i don't want you to touch me stay 17 1,423 feet away from me. Do not. You have every right to tell them, don't fucking touch me. I don't want you to. And if they feel some type of way, fuck them. Fuck them. Be like, fuck your feelings. Because right now, I don't want to be touched. I'm not a petting zoo. (laughs) <laughs> that's one thing I definitely learned like with my grandmother because I realized that a lot of her like feelings was just like her own problems and I was just like okay but that's no just get over it right but, so like when it comes to that like when Zelda was saying it was her baby and I don't have a problem being like no no we're not doing that right you know yeah, yeah. This is, this is your time to set your clear boundaries. And a lot of individuals are under the assumption that setting boundaries is for the other person. You set boundaries for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're expecting them to honor your boundaries. But if you don't enforce them, they're going to overstep. So boundaries are mainly for you to continue to enforce. You know what I mean? So if you tell them, like, please don't address me in that way. Don't talk to me in that way. Do what you got to do and you continue to stand on your boundary. Then that builds your encouragement on how you're going to deal with your child and what you and your child's boundaries are going to be. You know what I mean? So, like, my my biggest want for you... My biggest want is for you to take away from is understanding that from this day forward, you're not helpless and you're not hopeless. And that just because you're currently you're a teen mom, that you're going to be a failure. Negative. When you have proper support and you feel safe and you have someone who's willing to teach you the things that you weren't taught. You will have success. That reminds me. Like, I just thought about, because when I told my younger sister, Chloe, like, she was asking me questions, like, how people take it and everything. And I was telling her, like, how I was scared and whatnot. And she was like, you know, you're not going to be anything, like, mom. And, like, she was telling me that I was going to be a good mom. It made me cry, almost. I didn't even cry. But it it almost made me cry. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. Right. 
She said, um, I know that you will do better and stop the cycle. You're going to be an amazing mom that doesn't give up on her kids and always puts them first. You have an amazing future ahead of you and don't let anyone tell you otherwise because I don't just think, but I know you won't be like her. I'm so happy for you and I know you're going to be such an awesome mom. Mm, that's from your younger sister. Mm-hmm. See? Makes a difference to have proper... Proper support. I told my older sister and like she she said supportive words. Mm -hmm. I felt like she was judging me because she like I said she was very sheltered and she's got the whole like white picket fence type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I've been through this shit before. Mm -hmm. Judgment. But like, underhanded judgment. Mm -hmm. Like, I not, she didn't say anything. Like, just energy is just no longer. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really talk to me. What made me mad, I'm low-key mad at her because she had took me out one day and was saying how, like, she was going to come back and take Ty out. And she told Ty that, too. And she never did it. And I was just like, bro. Those build those broken promises to children lead to abandonment issues. Yeah, and that's that was that was basically me. Like my mom would always tell me this whole story of what she was gonna do and it didn't happen. And so I was just like when she did that, I was like, Bro, mm -hmm. that's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 messed up for that. Yeah. Have you sat down and wrote out your feelings about the situation as far as like being able to cope and deal with the feelings of abandonment no i mean like when i was in the mental hospital and like i was writing because i asked for a journal and i didn't have shit else to do and like i had wrote like i tried to like basically summarize up my life and whatnot my mom also read that and said that she didn't, but I knew that she did because it wasn't where I left it. Mm -hmm. And I know her. But, yeah, I was, but that was more like, I was talking about, like, my grandfather and, like, when he had died and how, like, my life basically went to shit after that. Because, like, when I was with him, it was, like, we never had to worry about anything. He was very personality, like he had his very own personality. Like he always had a beer in his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and but, like if we ever needed anything, like he was one to always ask. He never waited for people to ask him. He was like, Do you need anything? The this that and he would like I remember one time he came back from the dollar store because the dollar store was like right at the corner because we lived on Lorian Lane. And he like, he pulled a, a pair of flip flops out the window and like he always would work on my bike. And he built me a dollhouse that they won't give me now. But, well, okay, so Titi Courtney, she, she kind of ruined my childhood and said that he like refurnished it. And made it look nicer than what it was, but he didn't build it from scratch. 
I thought he did. Doesn't matter. Yeah. To you, he built it for you. Mm-hmm. It was for you. And he put time and effort into it. Doesn't matter if it was refurbed. But all of them keep fucking saying, like, oh, he built that for, like, all the kids and da-da-da. I'm like, why was it in my room? You guys all just say that because your kids play with it. Yeah. And I want it back. They want it. They want it. Yeah, she wanted, yeah, she told me that she wanted it. And I was just, like, because I was telling her the story about how I had asked Grandma Paula. And I was like, yeah, can I get my dollhouse back? She was like, but all the kids still play with it. And I was like. I yeah, but it's your dollhouse. Like, I don't give a fuck. If them kids can find something else to play with, they got phones. <laughs> <laughs> they live in the world of Apple. They don't need my dollhouse. <laughs> if I really would have let loose on them, they would hate me for real. Because I have a lot of unsaid words. Because, I mean, like I said, I'm not disrespectful. But my thoughts... I can't control them. <laughs> Intrusive thoughts. I was just sitting in the back of the car, and I was like, if I were to cut you out right now. <laughs> it would be beautiful. It would be a beautiful monologue. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, those feelings need a, need a place to be. And they don't need to be harbored in your heart and in your mind anymore. So that's why I encourage you to journal. That's why I encourage you to, like, use the pages. doesn't matter. So, like, okay, the way my brain works, everything has to have a certain purpose. That's like when I'll be complaining about the incense trays and the ash trays. <laughs> it's for two different things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I like, get that. I can't write in one journal about different things. Because, like, it already has writing in there about the baby. Okay. So I can't just write about my day in that one. So then you, okay, so you might, okay, you need another one. Then say that. <laughs> like, be like, yo, mom, I, I love the idea of journaling, but I need a journal for a specific thing. And if you need a, like, a journal with segment pages, like, I need a five-star notebook that I can... Had those, right? I left, Subject. I had left all my notebooks because I didn't have nowhere to really put them, and I had a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I had labeled all of them. I had my dream journal. I had the shadow work. I had just daily mm-hmm. use. And then, like, if I wanted to look stuff up about spirituality, and they were all in different notebooks. Mm-hmm. I understand. I have. Okay, so this one, this is my love letter to me, okay? This is my love letter to me journal. I bought this one, okay? This one came with writing prompts, right? And although I can use it for whatever I want. Is that the one with the grade book paper? Yeah. This is the junk journal I bought from my friend. And it, she wrote a passage, and she gave me other words. But since it's, I use each sentence as, or a single word as a form of a writing prompt for this journal. I have another journal. And the there. That's specifically 
for jumbled thoughts. Sometimes I'll just, like, this one journal I had, it was, like, a whole bunch of different things in there. And it was just, like, a catch-all for anything. Anybody who would try to read it would never understand it. Because it's not for them. It's for me. And it's, like, I know exactly what I was thinking when I wrote down 74533. Right? Oh. I know that that was something that I was in the midst of doing seventh month, the fourth day, 33, those were steps, 33 steps to that day. No one else is going to know that shit but me, (laughs) you know? So I understand having things that are like that. Those are one of the reasons why in, in me wanting to get you your mental health in check. Because those are traits for a person that needs assistance with their mental health. It's not saying there's nothing wrong with you, but it's better to understand and have a deeper understanding of your mental health and what it is and what you've experienced. And this is what I say, dealing with your childhood trauma before your child arrives. That way, you have the coping skills. If you're noticing the pattern of the child is doing something that I did when I was little, hmm, maybe they learn differently. Maybe they need assistance with reading because you notice a pattern. So it's dealing with your childhood trauma so that you don't further traumatize your child. Um, you said that Chris like learned things pretty early. And like I was also, when I was in elementary school, I was in the gifted class. So I'm not like... Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like those will come through, especially like with mm-hmm. both of us. So I don't. I mean, there could always be something. I know mm-hmm. that, but I'm pretty confident in like their learning abilities and like mm-hmm. them being able to process things, especially because I over-explain a lot of things. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Like, this is my special interest. I get it. Share. Mhm. But yeah. That's what I was talking about. Like, it's easier to go through it now and and fully deal with all of it. That way, you're still young. Like I said, you have a whole life ahead of you. So if you can gather as much information as you possibly can so that it can help you, and you, you might even be able to help another teen girl who might be going through your experience. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, oh, I, I know what this is. Yeah, I ran into a lot of that when I was doing tarot reading. It's like, I noticed, okay, so the last relationship that I was in, it was a lot of learning that that put me through. Like, after that relationship, I was never, I wasn't the same person. Mm-hmm. Like, because before I was very trusting. I can say I was naive. I would go for what you were telling me because I wanted to believe you. But... After that, it's like, be for real. <laughs> I said, be, fuck all that. <laughs> be for like, real. You said what? So when I would be giving these tarot readings, like months later, after all of that had happened, and they're telling me these things that like I was going through. I'm like, oh, but like, I just can't, da-da-da, and like, I, I miss them. And I'm like, it's okay to miss them. But remember what you were going through. Mm-hmm. When they be like, hey, what you doing? 
Where you at? What you doing? W. I had, I had TikTok tell me that readers on TikTok that were giving me this advice that I therefore turned and brought it to myself, like because mm-hmm. I didn't have anyone to talk to. So I found a lot of this by myself, and just looking like TikTok had got me into it, but then you know I do research out of that mm-hmm. and I find more stuff out, and right. I'm looking on YouTube now. Deep and, diving. Yeah. Mhm. Which is healthy. You know, have multiple sources so that's proper research and it assists you. Absolutely. But that's like that was my my offer to like this situation. I wanted to my biggest want and takeaway for you is like you're gonna go through so many different experiences and there's nothing like being pregnant and becoming a mom and un- like yesterday we were talking about not every pregnancy equates to a, a baby coming home mm-hmm. and a lot of moms have these conversations but they don't want to they don't want to they don't want to tell them oh there's a possibility of course life is very fickle like one minute you're here one minute you're not i could walk outside and be like I had just figured out recently that my, my grandmother had miscarriages. Like she had, um, she had her first child that she was pregnant with. She was, she went full term, but she said like the last couple of like weeks before she was about to give birth, she could just like feel, she didn't feel the baby move as much. Mm. And I was like. So you know, I, she, she had to birth that baby. Mm-hmm. And it was a stillborn. Mm. Yeah. And, but she didn't know that because back then, they didn't have a lot of research done. Right. And so they didn't know a lot. And so, so she was just like, how did this happen? And I mean, she's telling me the story. And I didn't tell her this because she was going to think I was bullshitting. And I was just like, the, the baby changed his mind. So right. I was like, yeah, I don't want this. Yeah. Return to sender. <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't want that. I, no, thank you. And so her first child ended up being Michael, her son, I think. Mm. She had him when she was 20. But her, her yeah, because the first one, uh, her first baby that she was stillborn, her name was Michelle. So mm. Michael. Michael came next. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yo, and having the name Michael, okay, there's another thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> you don't like Naming. and you don't like Michael's. <laughs> I can't say I don't like Michael's. My son is named Christian Michael. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, bro, that part is crazy because, you know, his name is Michael Anthony Hopper. Shut up, brother. I'm telling you, those correlations, just like small <laughs> little details. Yeah. It's just like, like okay, we so, were supposed to meet. <laughs> right. Christian. Christian's name, like, we, t- yo, we went through hell trying to find a name for this child. I could tell. Because when I was little, when I, when I was little, I made, I had made a promise to my mom that my firstborn son would be named John, like, Juan Emmanuel, like my dad, right? So, <laughs> it was a major fight within the family, like, my side of my mom's family and the boy's dad, that <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? The father's supposed to choose the name of the child? Why is she choosing names? I was like, yo, I made that promise when I was like six. 
and they still holding me to that shit. I'm like, I'm growing up. I don't care. <laughs> right? So it was, a, it was an issue. Like, my mom was very overbearing. My mom... <laughs> My my eldest child's name is Hilda Zuriel, right? That's her first and middle name. That's their first and middle name. So their name was supposed to be Zuriel Mariah. And then dad's last name. My mom turned around and told my aunt, my favorite aunt in the whole wide world, that her name was going to be Hilda Zuriel. My aunt called me crying. Boo-hoo crying. Oh, like, she, she knew she was going to get that reaction. And I was like, she was like, no one's ever named a child after me. She was like, and when your mom told me that that's what you were going to name the baby, I just, I'm, I'm overcome. Like, I, I, I just, I'm so overwhelmed with, with, like, so many feelings. And I was like, Oh, okay. I said, she told you that? Why would she tell you that? And she was like, I don't know. That's what she told me. I said, okay. I said, let me call you back. You didn't I love have you. that plan, did you? Nope. Oh, my gosh. I said, Titi, let me call you back. Let me call mom. Call my mom. Why would you do that? She was like, what? Because I usually say... Bendición. Bendición is asking for a blessing. And they say, Dios te bendiga, God bless you. And I said, why would you do that? She was like, wow, God bless you. And I was like, no, fuck all that. Why would you do that? She was like, what do you mean? I said, why did you call Titi and tell her that I was going to name the baby Hilda Zuriel? That wasn't supposed to be her name. The child's name is Zuriel Mariah. And she was like, oh, well, I didn't think it was a big deal. I said... That's a name of a child that's not your own. Why would you do that? I was like, I can't stand you for doing things like this. You overstepping. You are not this child's parent. I am. Boom. I want the phone. I ain't say shit to her for like the duration of my pregnancy. Till the day I gave birth is when she showed up. And she was like, and I apologize, you know, because childbirth, you know, them fucking contractions make you say everything. <laughs> like anything, <laughs> the contractions. Whew, I can't stand these heifers. They'd be like, mm, a contraction. And they'd be like, it's like chewing gum. Like, <laughs> but contractions, imagine, imagine period cramps, right? With electroshock therapy. You know, period cramps are normal. <laughs> right. So imagine that, right? And then, <laughs> and then someone hitting your hand repeatedly with a hammer. Ow. Contractions. <laughs> okay? Everyone talks about, oh, the miracle of childbirth. Bitch, fuck you. I get. <laughs> Bitch, fuck you. Yes, I yes. Pregnancy, beautiful love, mm-hmm. children. That's great, but the cons are the cons. cons. <laughs> like they're cons. Like you know what I'm saying. So understanding all of that and having to deal with my my eldest child's father, 
he was like, the day she was born, he says, I don't give a fuck what we name the child. He goes, name her what you want. I saw the pain that you went through. And I saw my child being born. Name her what you want. And I told him, you fucking name her. And <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I said, you name it. You name the child, I'm going to bed. <laughs> With a child stuck to my breast. And he was like, okay. When I came to, he had already put Hilda Zuriel Romero. That's the child's last name. He put it out there. And he was like, that's my baby. And we call her by, we usually address them by their middle name. So this, my, for a long time, she didn't, they didn't care for their name very much. So they would name themselves anything and everything outside the sun. And I'm like, that's not your name though. And it wasn't until as of recently, like even before my aunt passed away, she was like, I'm grateful that you named me after such a wonderful and powerful woman. And she was like, and I, I started crying because a year after she said that, my aunt passed away. And I'm like, you do know that like, you are her namesake. Like she lives because you live. It was the most hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. Is her loss. Like, losing her, I literally lost part of me. So much. I miss her so much. I ta She taught me so many different things. She gave me so many different loves and appreciation for people and food and culture. And feeling safe. And that life isn't just about working. But you gotta work in order to have a good life. You know what I mean? Like, So that's everything that she's taught me. Is what I want to push forward. Like even the good things of my own mom. My mom. My mom went through a lot as a kid. She was abandoned as a child. She didn't have the love of a parent. She was raised by my great-grandmother. So there was a lot of pain that came with my mom. But because in Caribbean culture, you're not allowed to be depressed. You're, you're not afforded those luxuries of being depressed. You're not a, allowed those luxuries of... Just feeling. Feelings. She's like, we don't talk about that shit. Like you and your feelings like <laughs> like you know what I mean you couldn't even you couldn't even take five minutes to write it down like you just bottle it in keep it moving keep it pushing you gotta go 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 that's what I did for a long time and then it was also anything but anger issues because I would lash out on people because like right if you hold it in for so long and it's like hurt it's gotta go somewhere it it you you put up a barrier like a wall and it's like or like um Mm -hmm. armor mm -hmm. and so it would just like it'd be anger like if if you're scared of me i have nothing to be scared of mm -hmm. you're resentful mm -hmm. resentment is a motherfucker to hold on to the feeling of resentment is is like drinking poison 
and expecting the other person to die. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like holding mm-hmm. on to it for so long, it only hurts you. That's why I tell you, I'm like, listen, I would much rather you express your feelings, keep your journals, buy a journal that you can burn, like write all the vile and most painful things and burn it and get rid of it. Because if you keep holding on to it, you're more likely to pass it on to, to, your, to your child. And you don't want that. And like one of my friends, well, she was a friend. They are no longer a friend of mine. Oh, they had asked me, if you can give one bit of advice to a new mom, what would it be? <laughs> and I said, fuck up and fuck up often. I was like, it doesn't matter. You're a new mom. You're a new mom and you don't know shit about shit. And they're only going to grow up and go to therapy and blame you anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Right? They're going to blame you anyway. It's going to always come back. My mama didn't love me or hug me enough. Fine. You know what I'm saying? Go through it. Go through it. And you're going to learn. And... When you have to apologize, apologize. But apologize with purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, apologizing without change of behavior is emptiness. Mm-hmm. It means nothing. So when you apologize, be like, yo, I don't ever want to do you like that again. And don't. And don't. Yeah, I learned, I learned that, like, from my mom. She would always apologize. And then just from douche and was just like, what are you even saying sorry for? Like, I'm about to hear it again and, like, Right. I'd be like, mmm, sounds like, smells like bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Mmm, that's a lot of bullshit I smell. That's a lot of new fertilizer put down. (laughs) You know, but these conversations are what alleviate a lot of the questions and a lot of discomfort. And this will be going on my podcast. <laughs> oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> Apologies. You know what I'm saying? Because I know that it will be helpful to somebody else. And if you'd be so kind to put plug in your social media information, that way people can look for you if you want them to look for you or find you. If you have any content uploaded or where they can find your content, You don't have anything at the moment? No. Okay. But there are services that you do provide, correct? Such as you do tarot readings. And if, any, if anyone wants to book a tarot reading, can they find you via email? for listening and I will put in an intro and outro later. Bye!